This episode of Riding for the Brand is brought to you by the Heart J Center for Experiential Learning, offering hands-on learning for all ages with a variety of programs including science and nature, history and archaeology, agriculture and conservation, wellness, outdoor skills, and creative arts, all at historic Sylvandale Guest Ranch. You can find Heart J Center at heartjcenter.org. Or you can call 970-690-4221. Sylvandale is a magical place. There's like a magic across the land. It's like the mountains are literally, you're like at the base of a mountain. Like it's just incredible. I think it's just a wonderful family experience. Everyone is so kind and so welcoming and the rides are beautiful. Every horse is wonderful in my opinion. And just the faculty is amazing and so welcoming. To me, being up here, it's like... I'm not a religious person, but to me, this is church. This is, this is it. I'm surrounded by, you know, life, by like mother nature. It's just, it's, it's hard to be in a bad mood. A lot of people when they come here, the reference is often heard the magic of Sylvandale. There's something about the land and the place that exudes comfort, peace, serenity. He was a, a visionary, mm. and uh, he was a good businessman uh, in that he knew who to do business with, right? Uh, and uh, and he knew that uh, uh, timing is everything. Yeah. And uh, if you don't get it today, it'll be gone tomorrow. And so he he just committed that he was going to. His guests used to tease him. His pals from back east <laughs> feels like you want to own it all. He said, "Oh no, I don't want to own it all. I don't need to own it all." I just want to make sure I own whatever's right next to me. <laughs> and next to him, that, having something next to him. That was his formula for oh, infinite expansion. It's <laughs> good. Over 80 years ago, an ambitious young man from Kansas with a dream as big as the wide open western sky came to the foothills of the Colorado Rocky Mountains. Here, while standing on the banks of the beautiful Big Thompson River, he made a decision and a bold declaration. Someday he would own this wooded glen known as Sylvandale. Thanks to Morris Jessup's vision and hard work, families and folks from all over the world have now gathered together at Sylvandale for up to four generations. Welcome to Sylvandale Guest Ranch. This is Brett, I'm your host, and you're listening to Riding for the Brand. show, Morris Jessup's daughter, Susan Jessup, shares Sylvandale's early days when her family first encountered this little bit of paradise on earth, and the story of how the ranch was won. One of the things I enjoy most is telling the story of Sylvandale. This particular version is written by my mother, Mamie Jessup, and so I'm going to be reading her words. In the beginning, in the early 20s, Mr. and Mrs. Friend Neville owned and operated a small cattle ranch at the mouth of the Big Thompson Canyon near Loveland, Colorado. Wealthy doctors from St. Louis came to the area to hunt deer and liked it so much they wanted to bring their families. 
the Nevilles decided to build some summer cabins to accommodate them. They chose a beautiful spot near the sparkling waters of the Big Thompson River, surrounded by the colorful upper foothills of the Colorado Rockies. They built a two-story lodge with a family room, dining room and kitchen downstairs and sleeping rooms upstairs. In the big yard, they built cabins and planted apple trees to give shade and produce fruit. It was the perfect setting. They called it Sylvandale, meaning Wooded Valley. Their guests were enchanted. The years passed, and after the death of his wife in 1929, Mr. Neville sold the facilities and 125 acres to Cotner College, a Christian church school in Lincoln, Nebraska, under the direction of Reverend J.B. Weldon. After three summers, the Great Depression of the 1930s forced Cotner College to close, and Reverend Weldon set out to establish a youth camp. He traveled to Phillips University in Enid, Oklahoma to recruit staff. He talked with the owner of the Do Drop Inn about coming to cook at the camp. Morris Jessup, a student washing dishes there, overheard the conversation and later asked for a job. His request was granted, and when school was out, he hitchhiked to Loveland, Colorado, caught a ride to Sylvandale with a mail carrier. This young man from the plains of Kansas was overwhelmed by the beauty of the mountains and thrilled at the sight of the rushing waters of the Big Thompson. One day, he said to Mr. Weldon, as they stood by the river, you know, Mr. Weldon, I just love this place. Someday I'm going to own Sylvandale. They both laughed, but it was a dream. He never let go. Here's a Sylvandale fun fact. Did you know that nearly all the horses on the ranch are bred, born, and raised here? In case you haven't noticed, Sylvandale is partial to Palomino and Buckskin-colored quarter horses. Bred for their versatility and steady, dependable disposition, quarter horses are the most popular horse breed around the world. The breed is used for almost every discipline, from barrel racing to dressage and everything in between. The quarter horse's name is derived from his ability to outrun other horse breeds in races of a quarter mile or less. Some horses have even been clocked up to 55 miles per hour. Make no mistake, they are the quintessential trail horse and an overall favorite as a ranch horse. Come to Sylvandale and find out for yourself how truly amazing these horses really are. <clears throat> Morris Jessup worked through the summer, receiving his room and board, but no pay because the funds simply were not there, and Reverend Weldon had to close the camp. In fact, for the next ten years, Ed West and his family lived there and looked after the property. From the book, Susan continues... Morris 
Morris Jessup never returned to Phillips University. Instead, he transferred to Colorado State Teachers College in Greeley, 30 miles east of Sylvandale. He graduated in 1936 and went to Alt, Colorado to teach math and science. There he met and fell in love with Mamie Tomlinson, the high school secretary. Two years later, they were married. hard, but they were happy and filled with bright hopes for the future. The Sylvandale dream was now shared. They made many trips to the county courthouse in Fort Collins, going through records, compiling data, writing letters, and pulling together all available information about Sylvandale. They left the Alt community and Morris took a job as superintendent of schools in Bennett. 30 miles east of Denver. Here in 1941, their first child was born and they named him David Morris. The United States was involved in World War II and weather officers were needed to teach meteorology to cadets in training for overseas combat. Teachers experienced in the field of math and science were asked to volunteer and Morris enlisted. Upon graduation, the little family headed for California to Mender Field, an Army Air Base 17 miles from Bakersfield. They lived in a housing project across the road from the base for nearly three years, during which time their second child, Susan Leone, was born. With the war nearing a close, Jessup's orders sent him to Goldsboro, North Carolina, to take a refresher course in meteorology to replace weather officers overseas. When he arrived, he learned that the school had been moved to Tinker Field in Oklahoma City. He checked in there and was handed an airmail letter that had followed him from post to post across the United States. The letter was from C.R. Hatton, business manager for Cotner College, regarding the sale of Sylvandale. In part, it stated, if still interested in buying Sylvandale, send in your bid by wire, followed by an airmail letter as to means of payment. Morris was stunned. He paid his respects to his commanding officer, showed him the letter, and told his story. The commanding officer looked him over and with a twinkle in his eye said, you know, this course starts every Monday and I see no reason why you can't start a week from now. So why don't you just go to Lincoln, Nebraska and look into this thing? This was unbelievable. Events were miraculously falling into place. arrived in Lincoln on Friday afternoon and looked up Mr. Miles, an attorney on the church board. 
Mr. Miles greeted him and read the letter and said in a shocked voice, Well, I certainly know nothing about selling Sylvandale, but out of fairness to you and on the strength of this letter, I think we owe you an answer. He picked up the phone, called the president, and a meeting was arranged for the following morning. When Morris asked if he might come to the meeting, Mr. Miles said, I don't see why not. The meeting was short and to the point. They discussed the sale, the pros and the cons, and talked at length about the amounts of money they had spent for maintenance throughout the years. After listening for a while, Morris stood up and asked if he might say something. They nodded, and here the records from the courthouse paid off. He began by saying, You bought Sylvandale from friend Neville in 1929 for $25,000. You cut part of the property into 139 small lots and sold about half of them to church members. You sold $12,000 in bonds and later redeemed them for 50 cents on the dollar, and you paid no interest on the bonds. Jug Gulch, an isolated 160 acres, was mortgaged to Mr. Neville for $5,000, and this obligation was never paid. There were 30 head of good riding horses, complete with tack, and now only two old nags remain. Only one-fourth of the Navajo rugs are left, all the roofs leak, and the whole place needs painting, the worms are eating the trees, and at that point, someone threw up his hands and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, you'll have us giving the place away. Morris sat down, and in a short time, a motion was made to sell Sylvandale to either Morris Jessup or Ed West. The transaction would take place in Mr. Miles' office Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, when secret bids would be submitted. It was a tense and sleepless night. Morris called home twice and talked with Mamie. The big moment had come. They were miles apart with no money and no time to make arrangements for any. The long hours found their way to morning. Morris walked into Mr. Miles' office not knowing what he was going to do. The meeting was called to order and the bids were asked for. Ed West's bid in a neatly sealed envelope was placed on the table. Then someone asked for Morris Jessup's bid. He stood up, his heart pounding, and asked for a piece of paper. A sheet of note paper was handed him. He wrote down his offer, placed it on the table. The bids were read, and he heard a voice say, Well, Mr. Jessup, it looks like Sylvandale is yours. A relieved and happy man walked out of that office with contract in hand. His dream had come true. 
The beloved Colorado ranch was his. He hurried home to see what he could do about getting some money. <laughs> the banker in Alt gave him a loan signed by his father-in-law, and with the family savings of $2,500, he made the down payment. Then he hurried back to Tinker Field and found his discharge papers waiting for him. The war was over, and he was going home. The little family went to Sylvandale in March of 1946 and moved into Cabin 1. It was cold, and the wind whistled around the windows and through the cracks. That first winter, they fed and housed college boys who helped bury water lines and winterize. The following winter, Morris accepted a job as a junior high principal and was later named Director of Instruction for the Greeley Schools. Their summers were devoted to building and running the guest ranch, which they continued to do for 17 years. When David and Susan were in college, Morris and Tilly left Greeley to give full-time attention to Sylvandale. As time passed and land near the ranch came up for sale, they bought it on contract. In this way, they put together a 5,000-acre working guest ranch raising cattle, registered horses, and hay. The Jessops often talk of the early days at Sylvandale, remembering when the roofs leaked, the floors were bare, the hot water was cold, and the guests made their own beds, fixed screen doors, and leaky faucets. Some came to the kitchen to help with dishes and set tables. They continued to come to the ranch, and now two, three, and four generations grace the grounds. There are fond memories of Granny and Gramps Tomlinson, better known as the Duke and the Madam, who came to live in the little house across the river until their death 22 years later, and Cousin Sherry, who shared those carefree childhood days of summer with Susan and David. We hope you've enjoyed the story Susan shared in today's show. It is from the book, How the Ranch Was Won, The Sylvandale Story as Told by Mamie Jessup, available from Sylvandale Guest Ranch. In upcoming episodes, we'll continue to share more from the book, including tributes to Morris and Mamie Jessup and others, as well as the story of the Big Thompson Flood of 1976. Thanks so much for joining us today here at Riding for the Brand at Sylvandale Guest Ranch, where the skies are blue and the West is calling. You are invited to come to Sylvandale and experience the legacy firsthand. To find out more, you can visit sylvandale.com or call 970-667-3915. We look forward to seeing you. <laughs>